Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us, and we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day, and I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events, and uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. Get right into the word of the Lord. If you'd like to stand, I'm going to read from the book of Judges, or excuse me, the book of Joshua, chapter 2. Two verses, verse 18 and 19, Joshua chapter 2. And uh, I won't be long. Like Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband, I won't keep you long. But I feel like God has given me something to say to you today. And it's going to be a little different than what I normally preach and how I normally preach. But I believe God's in it. And so good things will happen. Joshua chapter 2 verse 18. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. Whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And my subject today is simply this. Remember the blood. Remember the blood. Will you put down your Bible, just lift your hand and pray that God will speak to us today. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointed word of God. It's not bound. Let it have free course. Let it accomplish the purpose to which you send it today. Help us now. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for these things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. God bless you. Never before has a message been so necessary and so neglected at the same time. Perilous, dark, dangerous times are here. And the reality is this. If we knew half of what's going on, we'd be trembling. It's much worse than we think it is. And to ignore this message is as foolish as trying to stand up to a tsunami or an F5 tornado or a Cat 5 hurricane, meaning that it is impossible. You cannot win. But if you stay under the blood, you cannot lose. In recent days, I've been hearing the Spirit Remind me, quicken to my spirit, how evil the times are. And God has been impressing upon my heart the importance and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I sense that the Holy Spirit is sending an air raid siren, a strong notice, a warning to the church, get back to the blood. 
get back to the blood. Not only in our thinking, but in our speaking, in our singing, in our preaching, and especially in our living. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. I know the devil don't want me to preach this, but I feel an unction on me right now to remind the church we're begotten by the blood of the Lamb. We've been washed, sanctified, cleansed, delivered by the blood. Joshua 2.18, Rahab the harlot saved herself and her entire family from destruction when she hung a scarlet thread from her window. That scarlet thread was symbolic of the blood of Jesus Christ. In Exodus 12.23, the children of Israel saved their household from the death angel when they applied the blood of an unblemished lamb to the top and the sides of their doorposts. God wants us to know that every single thing he involves himself in is entirely on the basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Even in the old covenant, in order for God to get involved, there had to be bloodshed. And all of that was a type and a symbol of the sacrifice and the shedding of the blood of Jesus. The Spirit answers to the blood. The Spirit witnesses to the blood. The Spirit testifies to the blood. The Spirit waits for the blood. In other words, the Holy Spirit only comes where the blood has been applied. First it's the blood and then it's the oil. No blood, no salvation. No blood, no justification. No blood, no deliverance. No blood, no sanctification, no oil. No blood, no power. No blood, no anointing. No blood, no peace. No blood, no authority. No blood, no joy. No blood, no protection. No wonder the Spirit is trying to bring the church back under the blood. Bible says in Hebrews 9 22 without the shedding of blood there is no remission just as natural blood is the carrier of the life of the body the blood of Jesus is the conduit and the carrier of the life and the power of God there is no Pentecost without a Passover Passovers when the death angel had to pass over the houses with the blood on the doorpost the spirit of death looked inside of every house, every Egyptian, every Israelite. And the only safe house was the house under the blood. And the only safe people were the ones under the blood. Didn't matter if they were rich or poor, young or old. Didn't matter if they were Egyptian or Israelite. When the death angel passed through the land, you were either under the blood or you were not. I think that's what this songwriter was talking about when they penned the words, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Y'all looking at me like, what's that? The reason is we, we took those old, old songs out of the church. We, we put away our old hymn books and we don't sing about the blood anymore. 
the children of Israel came to the Red Sea as they were fleeing Egypt, they thought they were going to die at the hands of Pharaoh and his army. They felt trapped like rats, mountains on either side, Red Sea before them, Pharaoh and his army in hot pursuit. But instead of God's people dying, God drowned Pharaoh and his entire army in the Red Sea. The children of Israel were no match for the great armies of Egypt, but the armies of Egypt were no match for the power of the Red Sea. Now hear me today, church. The devil and the hordes of hell and all they are capable of doing is no match for the power of the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus Christ. I want the devil to hear me today. He's no match for the blood of Jesus Christ. We all want a Pentecost and we want the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall from heaven. And listen, we've been there. We were in heavenly places in this conference. But we better understand there's no fire without the blood. If Jesus had not died and shed his blood to redeem us from our sins, the Spirit of God would have never been poured out upon humanity. After the passion of Jesus Christ, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension, he poured out the Holy Ghost. And on the day of Pentecost, the Spirit came into the upper room like a mighty rushing wind and baptized 120 men and women with supernatural fire. You know the scriptures. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You've got to go to Calvary before you can go to the upper room. And the pathway to power is soaked in blood. If you want to walk in power with the line of the tribe of Judah, you've got to be covered with the blood of the lamb. I'm preaching about the blood today. I love the blood. I thank God for the blood. I told our praise team a couple of weeks ago, I don't care what you got to do. You resurrect those songs and you start singing because we got a generation coming up never heard. Never heard, thank God for the blood. And there's something that happens in my spirit when I begin to talk about the blood. Something stands up on the inside of me when I talk about the blood. I feel my spirit awaken. I feel an anointing stirring in me. I thank God for the blood that washed my sins away. And the Spirit is saying to the church in this hour, we need to stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance. Yes, we live in a high-tech world. We've got access to the libraries of the world at our fingertips. We can look at our phones, our tablets, our laptops, any time of the day or night and hear somebody preaching or teaching the Word of God. We've got our Bible on our iPads and our cell phones. We can study the Hebrew and the Greek meaning of Bible words right from our phone. We are a hear-it-all, see-it-all, know-it-all generation. But for all our technology 
and our intelligence and our knowledge, this generation lost something very precious and very powerful. Our grandmas and grandpas didn't have access to all the modern conveniences and, and technology that we have today. They didn't have the internet. But they had something we have lost in the modern high-tech church. They understood the importance of living under the blood. Those old-timers would do something they would call pleading the blood. I plead the blood. They'd plead the blood over everything. The house, the car, the cat, the dog, the chickens, and the hog. They pled the blood over their garden, the tomatoes, the potatoes. And, and they may not have understood it all, but that word is actually a legal term. It's an answer to a judgment. And a judge would say, you've been charged with this crime. How do you plead? That means the judge is asking, what's your defense for this? And the, the accused would answer, I plead guilty. I plead not guilty or I plead the fifth. And that legal proceeding term carries over into the spirit realm. When the devil, the accuser of the brethren, comes around and says, you've been accused of this sin, of this transgression. You have sinned and come short of the glory of God. What is your defense? That's when you got to look the devil in the eye, square your shoulders back, and you say, I don't have anything to say for myself that can help me. So I plead the blood. The blood is my defense. The blood speaks for me. I need you to shout it with me. The blood speaks for me. And the blood says, I'm forgiven. The blood says, I've been washed. The blood says, I've been sanctified. I've been justified. I've been cleansed. Oh, somebody lift your hands and say, thank God for the blood. Hallelujah. Listen, the writer of Hebrews says, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, to the God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Whew. God said in Genesis that Abel's blood cried from the ground. It cried for vengeance and justice against Cain for a senseless murder. But the Bible says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel's. When Abel was killed by his brother Cain, that blood began to cry out from the ground, vengeance, but not the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus cries out for mercy and for man to be forgiven and cleansed of sin. It cries out for mercy for those that would kill, reject, deny, and curse him. The blood of Jesus cries out for repentance so that mercy can be given. And I've got to tell somebody in this room today, you better get under the blood. 
It's the only safe place. You may have a pretty church. You may have a pretty pulpit. You may have talent. You may have skills. You may have abilities. You may have knowledge. You may have position. But without the blood, you have no power. Without the blood, you're dead. I don't care how big, how muscular, how pretty the body may be. If you drain your body of blood, you become a corpse. Life is in the blood. And I'm telling you, I don't care how big the church is, how beautiful the edifice is, without the blood, it's dead. You may have beautiful singing, great enthusiasm, educated preachers that are theologically, hermeneutically, and homiletically correct. But if you don't have the blood, you're just a pretty corpse. You're like a you're like a dead body dressed up by a mortician so they look good for the funeral. Let me be real clear today. There's no such thing as a Christian without the blood. Jesus said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. The gospel is a bloody gospel. Calvary was bloody. The cross was bloody. Calvary, the blood of Jesus poured out of his body from seven places. And Jesus carried his own blood to the holy place, offered it upon the mercy seat of heaven. And God accepted that blood as an offering and an atonement for sin. And it is because of that same blood that you and I sit here today forgiven and saved. We're washed by the blood, sanctified, redeemed, protected, delivered by the blood. My conscience has been cleansed by the blood. I've been healed by the blood of Jesus. Is it any wonder the songwriter was moved to pen these words? There's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. I don't care what you did, how many times you did it, or how bad it was. I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus can wash every sin away. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. And then the Holy Spirit dropped these words into another songwriter's heart. Come, you sinners lost and lonely. Jesus' blood can make you clean. For he saves the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. And I know, yes, I know, Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Let's just be honest about it. You can't live a Christian life without the blood. You may quit smoking, you may quit drinking, slipping and sliding, peeking and hiding. But you cannot live this life without the blood. You may dress up, carry a Bible under your arm, and sing on perfect pitch. You may look good and smell good, and you, me and pastor smell good. Just want to throw that in there. We smell good. We, not, we may not be much, but we smell good. I don't care what you look like. If you haven't been to Calvary, you're lost. 
If you haven't been plunged beneath that fountain filled with blood and had your sins washed away, then you're lost. And if you die in your sins, you will go to hell. Pastor, I'm, I'm more convinced than, than ever, and the Spirit of God has been dealing with me recently about this, that, that God is going to hold preachers responsible that don't tell the truth. We, we want to tiptoe, walk on eggshells. Eggshell. We're afraid to hurt somebody's feelings. You better thank God you got a man of God that'll look you in the eye and tell you how it is. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke with all long suffering. For the time shall come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But they will heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Thank God for men like your pastor that tell the truth. Come on, the most important thing in your life is not a new car, a new house, or a new spouse. The most important thing is your soul. Your ever living, never dying, eternity bound soul. That part of you that does not die when they bury you six feet in the ground or they reduce your body to an urn full of ashes. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you daily trusting in his grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Come on, lay aside those garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. There's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. Oh, be washed the blood of the lamb. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now. Lift your hands and open your mouth and thank God for the blood. Thank you for the blood. Peter told us, for as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But this is what redeemed you. The precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The reason why there are so many churches in America and around the world that are lifeless and powerless is because they're anemic. They're weak-blooded. They have a blood deficiency. A person that is anemic has a deficiency in their blood. And that's why churches are having to resort to lighting, mood setting, pageantry, smoke and mirrors, and Hollywood theatrics because they have no power and the reason they have no power is they have no blood there's no blood in their preaching there's no blood in their singing and there's no blood in their testimony is this all right there's a church in the Houston area they run 10,000 every Sunday they have more people in their bathroom at any given moment than I have on a Sunday morning. But they have 
when you walk in there, it's like walking in Six Flags. They actually set up a super slide on the stage. It's not a platform, it's a stage because it's entertainment. And they, and they had people slide down into a pool to be baptized. I'm not lying. I'm not, you can't make this stuff up. That church hired a, a man, a designer that worked for Walt Disney to come. And every Sunday, their, their stage looks like something out of an amusement park. But that's how you get 10,000 people that are not interested in being saved. They want to be entertained. No devils are being cast out. Nobody's being healed. No lives are being changed. There's no blood there. It's entertainment. It's Hollywood. It's spiritual HBO. God's telling us we better get back to the basics. We better get back to the blood. We better get back to the power. What this world needs is a powerful apostolic church. Don't forget Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You're not going to overcome anything without the blood of the lamb. Somebody lift your hands. You want to see the power of God in the church again? Talk about the blood. Sing about the blood. Testify about the blood. Preach about the blood. Look for the blood. That's what the Spirit is looking for. That's the question the Spirit is asking every church. Where's the blood? Just as sure as the death angel passed through Egypt and death came to every house where there was no blood applied. Death is passing through the land today. Death spiritual physical spiritual the only safe place hear me is under the blood De death's coming to every house that's not under the blood i don't care if it's an american house a african house a european house a mexican house an indian house or a chinese house it doesn't matter how religious that house is it doesn't matter what kind of house it is schoolhouse crack house penthouse or white house or church house if the blood is not applied death is coming the only safe house is a house that has been that has applied the blood and is underneath the protection of the blood there's not enough military power to keep us safe in this country our military couldn't even stop the planes from hitting the towers on 9-11 you don't have enough surveillance cameras or enough guns to keep you safe and besides all that, it seems that all of our country's protection agencies are actually working against us. That, that's free. And that's sad. Only one thing's going to keep us from the devil and from terrorists and from sickness and disease and pestilence and earthquakes and tsunamis. The blood of Jesus Christ. I thank God for the blood. The devil don't like this preaching. World Health Organization, the CDC, could not stop a disease from killing over a million people. And it was likely much more than that. So I asked this question today, are you covered? Are you covered? 
I'm not talking about all state, state farm, or nationwide. You need more than that. You need the blood. We need to be under the blood. America needs to get under the blood. My brother, my sister, you need to get under the blood. Church family, get under the blood. And when we get back under the blood, we get back to the power. First it's the blood, then it's glory. First it's the Passover, then it's Pentecost. First it's the blood, then the power shows up. First it's cleansing, then there's power. I'm almost done, hold on. There's a spirit loose in a lot of churches today. It's bleeding into Pentecost. That's trying to strip the blood of Jesus out of our lives. And that insidious spirit goes so far to deny the need for the blood of Jesus because you're already saved. There's no need for repentance because your sin's already covered, past, present, and future, whether you accept it or not. But the Bible said, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Proverbs 28, 13. And the Bible was speaking of believers falling or sinning when it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness nothing but the blood can cleanse us from our sins nothing nothing but the blood and the blood can only cleanse what you confess and the blood can only remove what you repent of and it's more than just confessing it's forsaking Repentance is more than saying I'm sorry. Repentance is a new way of living. It's about face. It's a 180. I'm walking away from that. I'm going another direction. Another very dangerous message that's being propagated today is that repentance is just changing your mind. A new mindset. But the truth is repentance that doesn't culminate in a changed life is no different than a pig wallowing in the slime and thinking to itself, you know what? It would be nice to get all cleaned up, but never makes an effort to get out of the mud. You can change your mind a thousand times a day, but true repentance has fruit, actions, evidence. My life's been changed. And through repentance is the doorway through which God's grace enters to empower you to quit sinning. And that was good. I'm going to say it again. True repentance is the doorway through which God, God's good grace enters into your life and empowers you to overcome and to quit. You can be victorious. You can quit. The prodigal son didn't just think about getting up out of that pig pen. He didn't just change the way he thought about it. He picked his carcass up and set his feet on the road to his father's house. I'm trying to be real sweet and kind, but the Spirit of God does not come to us to wallow around with us in the pig pen. Well, I thought Jesus loved me like I am. He does, but he loves you too much to leave you like you are. I believe it with all my heart, Pastor. This is the church's finest hour. But if this is going to be our finest hour, we have got to have Pentecostal power. 
This cannot be a display of entertainment. Our churches cannot be mere entertainment centers. We got to get back to apostolic anointing, apostolic power, signs and wonders, devils being cast out. How's that going to happen? Get back to the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. cross is the doorway to power if there had been no calvary no cross no crucifixion there would have been no blood therefore there would have been no resurrection then there would not have been a pentecost and there would have been no power and there's no shortcut to power there's no testimony without a test there's no victory without a fight there's no crown without a cross and there's no power without the blood but thank god that crimson stream still flows it flows from Calvary today. That cleansing tide still flows from the Savior's side. And because his blood still flows, the power still being poured out. I don't know what you came in here needing today, but God's got what you need. Listen, the devil's not afraid of our singing. He's not afraid of our shouting and our dancing. He's not even afraid of preaching. But there's one thing that sends shockwaves through the, through the quarters of hell, and that's a church that lives under the blood and by the blood of the Lamb. A church that still knows how to plead the blood. A church that knows how to wage war by the power of the blood. Folks, we're in spiritual warfare. It's intense. You're going to have to have the blood or you will not overcome. So whatever you may forget in this life, please don't forget the blood. Remember the blood of Jesus. Rise to your feet and lift your hands and, and begin to praise God. I, I wish some apostolic powerhouse Pentecostal people would just begin to plead the blood. There's somebody in this room today that can be delivered. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Your sins can be washed away by the power of the blood. I see a crimson stream. It flows from Calvary. You may have walked in here sick in your body. You can be healed today. You may be bound by some addiction or some habit, but it can be broken today by the power of the blood of the Lamb. The altar's open. Why don't you step out and walk down here right now with your hands raised. Whatever you need from God. Sir, ma'am, walk down here today. Watch what God will do for you. Oh, the blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never, it will never lose. 
thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.